And thank you, Ivan, for singing today, leading our singing. Uh, last Sunday, uh, Ivan is a man of many talents. Last Sunday, he was uh, leading the church golf outing and um, all kinds of awards that were given out there, the longest drive and, you know, best score, foursome and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, I was given the booby prize. Um, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know that there was such a thing until this last, last uh, week, but, uh, but that was the case. You know, somebody's got to come in last, and uh, uh, there, there we are, okay? But before my stellar golf career, okay, um, I was born and raised, grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, and uh, there was a neighboring town, uh, a little, little burb there called uh, Minneapolis that um, has a street by the name of Xerxes, and a uh, strange name, you know, with an X, two X's in it, and, and uh, many people of my age might have thought that it sounded like it was named after a Klingon from Star Trek, uh, that kind of a name. But no, it was named actually after one of the greatest kings in the ancient world. Um, it was named after King Xerxes, who was the king of the Medes and the Persians, uh, who became famous in the Bible, not for all of the great military conquests that he had, but rather... For the woman he took as queen, Queen Esther, a woman named Esther. Now, Xerxes was kind of an interesting character. He was a guy who uh, uh, wanted to avenge the loss that his father had experienced at the hands of the Greeks, so he set out to do battle with the Greeks. And to do this, he needed to cross uh, the Hellespont or the Dardanelles, it's uh, this about a three-mile-wide um, uh, stretch of water that uh, connects the Mediterranean Sea to eventually to the, to the Black Sea. And uh, you've got to cross over that to be able to go from Asia to Europe. And to do that, what he did was he charged his engineers, and this area has all kinds of engineers living in this area, so you might be able to relate to these guys a little bit. Um, He charged the engineers with his task of building a bridge, a pontoon bridge over these ships that would go from one side to the other so he could march his army directly across. But, uh, you know, uh, nature, as God created it, had other ideas. And a violent storm whipped up and sunk his ships, which caused him such anger that what he did was he had all of the engineers that were charged with constructing this bridge executed, and then he, um, he ordered his soldiers to take whips and whip the water one time for every ship that was sunk. So he whipped the water 300 times as he was punishing the water and trying to show the water who was boss. And then he took um, these shackles and he had them drop these shackles attached to anchors into the bottom of the sea to show the sea that it was now his prisoner and he could conquer the sea. And I guess conquer it he did because then he uh, built another land bridge or another bridge, pontoon bridge, that had 700 ships in it. And they crossed over on that. And, uh, and when they met the Greeks, they conquered the Greeks. They uh, overtook the city of Athens. They sacked Athens. 
Uh, they, they had these tremendous military conquests until he began to uh, uh, overextend himself, and he had some military blunders and had to retreat and come back to Persia again. But that reveals, I think, some things about his nature, about his character, that this guy has a short fuse and, and a huge amount of pride, I think, uh, that, that was blinding to him. So now we catch up in the biblical story, uh, uh, we catch up with Xerxes, who expelled his wife, his queen, Vashti, uh, in, in really using his short fuse and, and, and sent her off and, and um, yeah, didn't give her a second chance. She showed him some disrespect, and she was gone. She was out of there. So what he did was he, um, he um, asked uh, the advisors to the royal court to bring in some new uh, queen candidates and parade them before him the most beautiful women in all of the empire. And among them was a very unlikely candidate, one who was almost surely not going to be able to win this prize, and that was this woman by the name of Esther. Because Esther was part of this religious group that was not very popular, uh, this ethnic group that uh, was composed of exiles from the city of Jerusalem. And they came, uh, these women came through, and lo and behold, the king chose her. And apparently he didn't know that she was part of this Jewish group because shortly thereafter there was an evil man by the name of Haman who convinced the king to issue an order exterminating the Jews in the empire because he himself had received some kind of an insult uh, or something he perceived as an insult anyway from a member of this Jewish community. And that would have meant the death of Esther, would have meant the death of her countrymen, so they all looked to her at this point in time, now that Esther was now queen, and they looked to, them, to her to intervene. The very lives of her people depended upon what she would do next. Now, you are likely someone who has other people depending upon you. If you are a parent, you have people depending on you. If you're a grandparent, you probably have people depending on you. If you're married, you have someone depending on you. Uh, some of us, last night we, we were talking uh, uh, in here uh, around the prayer time about how many of us in, in a particular age group have got aging parents who we are responsible for. If you're working, you've, you've got people at, at work who are depending upon you. You've got all kinds of people who are depending on you. You have decisions to make, bills to pay, care to give, all kinds of things that are depending on you, which can lead to all kinds of stress in your life. So the question is, what do you do when everyone is counting on you? What do you do? Well, from the story of Esther, we can see first do this. The first thing you want to do is this. Recognize your opportunities. Recognize your opportunities. Esther is in a unique place to make a difference. No one else is in a position to do what Esther can do. Nobody else. She was the queen of the land. She had access. She alone had access to the king to persuade him to issue new orders that would change the orders that had already been written and, and issued about the extermination of the Jews. Now, there's one thing about, you know, the, the law of the Medes and the Persians that would even bind the king, and that was once an order was issued from the king, it could not be retracted. He could not take this order back about the extermination of the Jews. The best he could do 
would be to issue a new order that would protect the Jews. So Mordecai, who was Esther's uncle, asked her to go to the king and to speak with him. But Esther faced risks in doing this. She was supposed to follow proper protocol as she would approach the king. Queen Vashti was exiled for not following proper protocol. And we've already seen, <coughs> excuse me, we've already seen how this, this king Xerxes has a very short fuse. It could mean not just the exile of, of Esther, but she's got very little history with this guy. She could wind up being killed. So Esther sent this message to Mordecai in Esther chapter 4. All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the, the king has but one law, that he be put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to him and spare his life. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. In other words, she hadn't been to see the king in a very long time. What's to say that she's even going to have any opportunity in the near future? To which Mordecai replied this way, Do not think that because you are in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. He's saying that God is in control. God's will will be done. The question is, are you going to be part of His will? Are you going to be one that He can use and rely on to be able to carry out His will? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Just look at all of the improbable things that have led to this very moment. It's got God's fingerprints all over it. I mean, how in the world did this good Jewish girl wind up queen of the Persians? Now is your time, Esther. Everything points to this one moment. Esther, you are in a unique place to make a difference. You know, when I reflect on my own life and the you know, various responsibilities that I've had over the years and things like that and that I have currently, you know, it is an honor to be able to make a difference in people's lives, you know, when carry that mantle of responsibility. And there's various responsibilities that I carry. But I've got to admit that there are times, you know, fleeting moments when the thought of maybe, you know, throwing all cares to the wind, becoming a hobo and making my way solo across the heartland, you know, does cross my mind, you know, periodically. But then I come to my senses pretty quickly, and after all, I, I realize that the alternative to responsibility is irresponsibility. That's the alternative. But when God has called you to a particular place, to a particular position, to a particular responsibility, really irresponsibility for God's people is not an option. And especially when you consider those people that you are called to serve. You know, responsibility is an act of love for those people. And there's a difference that you can make in the lives of these people which God has entrusted to you whoever that is, whoever those people might be. 
as I reflect back, for example, on uh, you know, my kids growing up and things like that and all the responsibility that I, that I had as they were growing, now I can look back and say, wow, I'd love to have that responsibility back again, you know, which can make me and hopefully make you realize the importance of savoring the responsibility that God gives you today, the various things He makes you responsible for and the people. It can teach you not to miss the blessings of the opportunities of the moment. Milk them for all they're worth. Thank God for them because it is for such a time as this, for such a time as this that God has been preparing you. But that doesn't mean that any one of us needs to shoulder this burden of responsibility alone. Bring it to the Lord. This is the second thing, because you are not alone. Esther was not alone, even though Esther was an orphan. She wasn't just, you know, she wasn't just a, you know, this, this you know, little Jewish girl, but she was also an orphan. Her parents both died, and her uncle Mordecai took her in and became her adoptive father. So when he, Mordecai is saying, hey, uh, you know, Esther, be, be aware of this, Esther, that uh, you are not going to escape just because you're on the throne. No, 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 no. God will take care of this in ways that God will take care of it. But as for you and your family, meaning Esther, me too, our necks are on the line. But in taking her in, Mordecai specifically was saying this, Esther, you are not alone. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to walk with you through life. He was one on whom Esther could depend. So Jesus wants, to, wants you to know that you are not alone. Whatever your situation in life might be, you are not alone. He said to his disciples, as he says to you, in John chapter 14, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And he said in Matthew 28, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus wants you to know that whatever that burden might be that you are carrying, you do not bear it alone. That he is here. You are not an orphan. You've been taken in, and not just to any old household. You've been taken into the household of the king of the universe and you now have God Himself as your Father. He is with you always. So when everyone is counting on you, bring your burden to Him. So Esther sent this reply to Mordecai in verse 16. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa, that capital city, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish... I perish. Esther wasn't going to do anything until she first brought it to the Lord. Now, I can imagine that Esther and Mordecai, when they were uh, facing this difficult challenge, that they thought, wow, we got to do something. We got to do something now. We, we, time's a wasting. Let's, let's get going with this thing. I mean, you know, the, the orders are issued, we, we have no time to waste. But what they did was they didn't rush into it. Instead, they took three days of bringing this to the Lord. It's kind of like what Martin Luther said, where he said, I am too busy not to begin my days in prayer. Or Moses. You know, Moses had thousands of people depending upon him, 
and uh, was leading these people from slavery in Egypt into the promised land, and along the way, things could get a bit stressful as he was trying to find ways to feed them and to, and to give them water and, and uh, deal with their complaining and griping and all of this kind of stuff. And after a particularly stressful time, rough, a rough patch when it seemed as though God Himself might even want to leave them, Moses says this, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. We do not want to take a step without you, God. Not a step when you're in a position where you have people depending on you, you are not there alone. Make sure that you go with the Lord leading you, carrying that burden, because He has invested something in getting you to this point. So depend on Him. Bring it to Him. He has a plan for you, and you are in the middle of it. Listen to Him and what that plan might be, and then work the plan which is the next thing to do from Esther. Work the plan, even if it's dangerous. Esther said in verse 16, I will go to the king, even though it's against the law, and if I perish, I perish. And go she did. She worked the plan. Verse 5, On the third day, as soon as the fast was over, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. She had not been summoned. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out her, to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter when the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom... It will be given to you. The plan was to pray and then to go to the king, come what may. After all, it was for such a time as this that she was in this position. So when you are under pressure, it would be easy for a lot of people to be paralyzed by the burdens that they face, the responsibilities that they, that they carry. For many others, during those times, they complain becomes a hobby, a sport. You know, why am I in this position? Or you could do something different. You could do what Esther did. You could actually do that thing that God is calling you to do by putting you into this place in the first place. You could do it. You could act. So the question to, the questions to ask in order to try to get at that, why has God put me in this position, are things like this. Ask yourself, why did God put me into this place? What unique thing might it be that I could do, that I could offer in this position? That would be the thing to do. Whatever that thing is that God is leading you to do, do it. If you are in a position of leadership, then lead. Lead those people, for you are here for such a time as this. If you have family members to care for, then care for your family. For you are here for such a time as this. Work the plan, beginning with spending some pretty serious time in the Lord's presence, and then celebrate God at work. The king listened to Esther and the Jews were saved. It was a work that only God could pull off. 
was an amazing thing. God was at work providing the solution long before Esther even became queen. God was acting through it all to counter the evil that man could dream up. So now it's time to party, celebrate what God has done. So Esther and Mordecai celebrated. They called other people to celebrate too. In verse 17 it says, On the 14th day of the month they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. The Jews in Susa, however, had assembled on the 13th and 14th, and then on the 15th they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. They feasted for days. They partied for days all across the empire. And the celebration became the Feast of Purim, which Jews celebrate to this very day. To this very day they do. They celebrate this this deliverance of the Jews through Esther with this feast, this improbable queen named Esther. So when you feel that everyone is counting on you, that's the time to remember that you aren't alone. Turn to God, listen to Him, work His plan, and celebrate His work.